Nation. Did you know you can schedule your real estate sit-down with the guys? At rondonsitdown.com. That's rondonsitdown.com. And you'll get a free camp mug that says I sat down with Ron and Don. I have 13 of them. Maybe even the guys will take you camping with your new mug. Now back to the show. Hey you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 356 now of the Ron and Don Show. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, we're live from the Les Schwab Studios and coming up on the Ron and Don Show. We got to talk about this fact that everybody said after the Black Lives Matter movement that they were done with the NFL. And still we see players out there with Black Lives Matter movements all over their helmets. We see it in end zones. We see NFL owners now embracing the movement. And yet... And yet, the NFL ratings have come storming back. We got to talk about that. Also, also, we have to talk about the fact of, well, why did Thomas Jefferson, Thomas Jefferson, Thomas Jefferson? No, Thomas Edison. Was it, <laughs> was it Thomas Edison or Thomas Jefferson? Jefferson's the president, Edison's the inventor. What was his story about? Something about eating soup. Did you read the story about eating soup? I don't think I did. It's either Thomas Edison or Thomas Jefferson. One of the Thomas made people eat soup. Are you sure it wasn't Thomas the train before he hired them? Someone named Thomas. I'm going to have to jump back into my notes and I'll figure out here in a moment. Cause as you could tell, I put this show together a couple weeks ago. Anyway, before we get to that though, let's get to this happy new year, everybody. What will we all do in 2022? A lot of us have made resolutions. And by the time, you have heard this podcast. 87% of people that made a resolution, well, they made a decision to walk away from that resolution basically by doing nothing about it. One of the most important things you can do, whether it's for yourself or your family or colleague at work or someone you love and care about, if, if, if you are making a personal decision about yourself to get better in some area of your life, because you know the humans around you and the animals around you. Yeah, they benefit when you change. You have to make a decision to step into it. And part of stepping into it, you guys, is sometimes going out and hiring a coach or joining a program. And Ron, that's exactly what you did, right? Yeah, this has been an interesting journey for me. And and, uh, I'll try to explain this. I had some people reach out on social media. So I met with a nutritionist for the first time this week. And it's it's... I'm going to say this and hopefully not come off uh, too egotistical. A lot of this stuff you, I already know. Like a lot of this stuff, just in doing what we do for a living and talking on the radio for as many years as we did, you interview, you get all the books, you interview the people. Like when the biggest loser was on, the biggest loser guys would be in the studio. Or when so-and-so has a, a big diet book that swept the nation, you would talk to those people, you would get the book. Uh, you were a fitness instructor of the year. Um, so like I was adjacent to a lot of information. And so in, in some ways I feel like a lot of the stuff that I know, and yet it's one of those things where and yet you don't know, and yet you don't know, and yet you do not know. Right. right. So, and yet you, it's the physician heal thyself thing where you go, okay, well, why, why do I not have this wired? Like why, why doesn't this work the way that I want it to work? So some new concepts have come into my life. 
I'm not an expert on these concepts, but I'm trying to fold these concepts in and I'll try to do or unveil these to you as this journey goes on. So like many people listening to this, I gained a, a pretty good chunk of weight over COVID. And so more than I wanted, like, and we all did the exact same things. You're not moving as much. There were quite a few months where you felt quarantined to your house. So your activity level involved going from the bedroom to the kitchen, to the bathroom, to your office. And, and that was, that was it. So to the bar, to the bar, so, <laughs> so I wanted to, well, the bar is in the kitchen. So I wanted to, um, I wanted to try and not just do the same thing I've done over and over and over again in my adult life. I said, maybe I'll get an outside set of eyes on this. So I got a recommendation to a nutritionist. And again, some of this is going to be Captain Obvious, but let's see if I can, if I can bring this home. So a couple of new concepts that I had not been aware of. Um, first is, is diet culture, and the second is health at any size, and the third concept is intuitive eating. And so let's take these one by one. So the uh, diet culture. I, I had not really, this is a concept that was new to me. And if I can paraphrase it, the diet culture is there's this movement that is saying, reject diet culture. So what diet culture is, is going, when you look around your social media, you look around your Facebook page, you look around uh, just your life, all these messages that come at you that say, hey, if you only did this diet, if you only ate these things, if you only took this supplement, if you only wore these pants, if you only had this gear, if you only had, you know, a, a, a Peloton or if you if you got into ultra marathoning or what, there's all of this messaging coming at you that's basically saying you're not good enough the way you are and I've got the missing piece. And then the other part of diet culture so good. is good. you see all these images of like, well, why don't I look like that? Yep. Why isn't my body shaped like that? That um, happens to me every morning when I look in the mirror and I'm like, why don't I look like that? <laughs> right. Because and it, when I look in the mirror, I'm 33 years old, but now I'm 54 and that's different. Right. So and, and it's hard to accept that. So right? there's this whole diet culture infrastructure. And then the latest iterations morph themselves to say, we're not a diet. We're Noom. It's not a diet. Or we're Athletic Greens. It's all it's a diet culture that's been reformatted. And even like I think Jenny Craig or Weight Weight Watchers is now WW because they don't want to use their weight anymore. But so it's all of these messages. And so I had bought into a lot of that without ever questioning it. It's just something that's been around. We've been immersed in it for so long that I bought into that. So next concept, so we can if we can dive deeper into these if we want to. Next concept was health at any size. And this one was is very hard for me, and it still is. because. And I have clear, you probably remember this, and we talked about this years ago. At one point, you and I were the MCs or the, the for some, five, a bunch of 5Ks with Detlef Shrimp and all this stuff. And I have such a clear memory. St. Patrick's Day run. St. Patrick's Day run. Yeah. I have such a clear memory of running uh, and like trying to do well. Like I wanted to not be last. I wanted to like, we were, you know, on the poster and we're at the front holding the microphone. So it was like, and then Seattle, uh, St. Patrick's day dash. It would be impossible to come in last. Right. The amount of drinking that goes on. So before I'm just the dash. saying I, I wanted, I was, <laughs> I was giving an effort. Yeah. Like I wasn't were. walking. I remember. I'm giving yeah. an effort in, and a, a, a two people 
past me while having a conversation. Pushing strollers. Pushing strollers. And they were what I considered fat. Yeah. So for me, oh. I'm running and I can't breathe. Like, I can't talk to anybody. Like, I am, I'm like doing this 5K. And you have no baby to push. And I have no baby to push. <laughs> and these people are having a conversation. They pass me and I'm like, what is going on? Like my, it, it, that, that emoji where the top of your head's coming off. I was like, these fat people, and this is, this is, I'm, I'm just going to not sugarcoat it. How do these fat people pass me talking and pushing a baby stroller? And there was a part of me that got really angry because the, my, the, the last place that I felt safe. And again, this is 10, 15 years ago. The last place I felt safe, really judging people was fat people. And then uh, and, uh, right after that, I kind of turned into a fat person. But I remember it was like, oh, you're, you don't have any self-discipline. And how can you be so fat? And like I had all of these diet culture messages. And so I didn't understand that like those folks were probably more fit. They're obviously more fit than I was, even though if you put us in a lineup, someone might go, oh, Ron is, is thinner or, you know, he has this appearance profile, so he must be more fit. No, like these people that were heavier than me were more fit than me. So I'm trying to assimilate this idea into my brain. And there's a subset of that idea that's like your body has a set point in the same way that, you know, if you wear a size 11 shoe, you would never go to someone and be like, man, if you could only wear a size nine. Like I'm telling you, your life would be so much better. That's not true. If we could get you into a size not nine. Tr- not true. When I was younger, a friend of mine worked at Nike. He used to send me all this free Nike gear, and I would get so pissed off. He was a shoe designer there, and you you know this. He would send us these size nine shoes, and we'd try to put them on. And finally, I asked him. I said, "Wilson, how come every how come every shoe you send me is a size nine? He said, "That's because Phil Knight, who started Nike, was a size nine. So every trial pair they make." is a size nine shoe. So that's not true. There is a time in my life when I was about 23 that I wished I didn't wear 11 half to 12 shoe. I wish I were a size nine. And so did you. Yeah. My, you be at the, the bigger point though. So, um, and then I forgot what the third thing was after we got off on the shoe tangent. Um, so I'm trying to incorporate these ideas into my life and to, um, recognize oh the intuitive eating i don't know much about it yet i'm going to look into that and it's sort of like a a philosophy around eating where you don't um you don't live in this constant restriction mentality because then inevitably at some point uh, and for every person it's different maybe at some point you're eating a dozen donuts or you find yourself plowing through a half gallon of ice cream late at night or you're drinking or whatever it is if you restrict 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 your body you know then something life event happens and it triggers and you go okay well i guess i'm gonna you know boom and now you do way more than if you would have just eaten one piece of pizza you'll eat the entire pizza so like trying to do that concept so my big takeaway with this nutritionist and again on this journey was I have been so focused on the number on the scale. Like that is the metric because it's so clean and easy to gauge that I wanted. And you remember this when I got under 200 pounds for the first time since high school, probably um, I felt like I had cracked the code. 
and this is what maybe five years ago or so now and something like i was elated when i stepped on that scale and it had a one in the front of it instead of a two and i have become so ingrained with you get up you step on the scale or you're weighing yourself throughout the day and it was about that number and and this nutritionist that i met with um she said what would it be like if you slid the scale under the counter and instead you optimize for how you feel <laughs> and it's so simple that it, but it was like it was a major revelation to me it was like yeah, what would that be? What would it be like if instead of obsessing about the number on the that scale that I was like, what could I do today to feel better? Or what could I do today to, to be more fit? Or what could I do today to move in a way that's enjoyable to me? Instead of what can I do to make that number go down? Um, and again, so that was a huge revelation, a huge revelation. And I, and I don't know what it means yet. But I wanted to share with the with everybody because we talked about it in last week's episodes that I, it just, I that was profound for me because mm. like I've I've spent so many years now. If the number goes up, I'm a bad person. It's a bad day. What did I do wrong? And then you beat yourself up and go, "Oh man, I shouldn't have had." I was over at Don's and he made ribs. Next thing you know, I had an extra thing and then there was cookies over there and and somebody brought that dessert and then I had that and I'm a bad person because my number went up today and then when the number goes down and sometimes you would lose two pounds in a day or three pounds in a day and you'd be like, I'm a genius. I'm the greatest. What an awesome day. And uh, and you reward yourself for going, that was right. I didn't, I, I skipped a meal or I, you know, it's these weird mentality of like fist pumping that this number went down when in reality you can't tell a, a person of my size or your size you can't really tell the difference between two pounds your your flight your i'm sorry your freight well, sometimes your weight is your freight your your weight f- really fluctuates in a 24-hour period for a guy your size and my size five to six pounds it, right. fl- it fluctuates depending on when you step on the scale depending on when you step on the scale depending on how much water you've had to drink depending upon if you just went to the bathroom or not and i what i'm hearing from you is is really good and part of what i'm hearing from you i don't always understand this is what i do understand i understand someone going home on a friday night being a single dad working their ass off but always feeling like they're coming up short and then in those moments of aloneness and, and feeling anxiety and pressure, I understand what it is to sit there and drink alone and drink alone to excess. Like, I get that. And my point is, all of us, all of us, all of us are somewhere on the scale of needing help, right? And just because I've done that on a Friday night doesn't make me an alcoholic, but it also doesn't mean that I didn't need to go tell someone and get some help. And just because you're struggling with what you're struggling with right now, it doesn't mean you you know you should be on the next food addiction show. But it, but it's you calling out and saying, you know what I know, and, and that's what's dangerous about someone that is so smart as Ron is, because you know it in your head, but it hasn't transformed your heart. Early on, I started reading a lot of self help books, and finally, I had to put them down. And I went, you know what? I have read so much self help that it doesn't help anymore. 
because I haven't given it the time to chew on it, to process it, to take one truth and see how does this apply to my life and how could this change me? And yet everybody keeps coming at you with another book and another tape and another series. And so we begin chewing on those things, sometimes figuratively and literally. And all we really have to do is take what we know, reach out to somebody and say, I need some help. Will you show me a different way or maybe a different paradigm or a different way for me to think? And, and I, what I really love, what I really love that you just said, Ron, and I'll give you the final say here. I love that you said, I don't know what this means yet. To be that vulnerable, thank you. And to be that vulnerable, that's when change really happens. Or it doesn't, but at least you're going to know. So. Are we still having pizza? <laughs> See you guys on the other side of this. I got to figure out which uh, Thomas it was. Hey, you guys, can you believe this? We've been working with Les Schwab for the past 12 years, but Les Schwab has been around for 70 years now, right here in the great specific Northwest. In fact, they're celebrating with your chance to win a $700 prize certificate. That's pretty amazing. And all you have to do is share your Les Schwab story if you want to enter to win. And to do that, Ron, all you have to do is go to LesSchwab.com. I know that I have stories. You have stories. Mine involves a giant nail in my tire, and they fixed it for free. You can go to LesSchwab.com, tell your story, win that $700 prize. And while you're there, schedule a free pre-trip safety check right online. They will look at your wheels, alignment, brakes, shots, shocks, and struts, all for free. You can schedule yours at LesSchwab.com or just stop by and tell them Ron and Don sent you. That is Les. Schwab tires. We've been doing the right thing since 1952. You can just tell that they uh, that they're just real genuine guys and and care about uh, who they work with and just feel like we you know we got we got some some more friends now. It truly is one of life's biggest transactions. If you're downsizing, upsizing, or right sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit down. Hi, I'm Ollie. Hi, I'm Emmy. Hi, I'm John Greenland. I'm Lauren Greenland. Hi, my name is uh, Anthony Kroll. Hi, I'm Gretchen. And I'm Byron. And we sat down with... with Ron and Don. Mm-hmm. They were more prepared. They paid way more attention to detail. Um, and then they just came in with a, with a lot more knowledge and were able to set those expectations up a lot better than um, some of the previous uh, realtors that we worked with. So, I mean, I was I was extremely pleased with uh, the the entire, uh, the sit down, the, the experience and, and the results, of course. There was a friendship that developed and a, and, and a trust. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say a trust and then, you know, we yeah. had, we love them. It's been a hell of a lot of fun for one thing. I see them as, as friends now. I feel like they've made me feel part of this community and knowing that, you know, Dawn's just down the street is, is comforting. <laughs> we totally consider Ron and Dawn friends of ours now, and we do miss working with them. It was intense there for a little bit, but it's an experience that we'll always remember and have and... Um, and now lifelong friends. It's the Ron and Don Nation. That's right. <laughs> Don't forget, when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. Please hit subscribe on your podcast player. 
We'd also love if you gave us a review. Now let's get back to building Ted. I mean Laverne and Shirley. No, seriously, it's R&D and with me, that's three. Hey, you guys, welcome back. When I was growing up, uh, the way that I fell in love with terrestrial radio is I listened to WMAQ. It's going to make me rich in Chicago, Illinois. I also listened to WLS. And then also, when I moved to New Mexico, 77KOB. It's the voice of the great Southwest. And whenever I listened to 77KOB, they had someone on there named Mitch. And they did a mortgage minute with Mitch on 77 KOB. We're not on 77 KOB. Uh, and I was never on that radio station. I wish I was. Maybe I still will be. But we do have a Mitch and we do have a mortgage minute. And we'll probably take more than a couple minutes. Ron, Mitch is here from Mitch.loans. How about that? Yeah, Mitch.loans. So if people have not been living under a rock, they've probably seen stuff is happening with the Fed. I want you to explain this to us like we're kindergartners. The Fed met in February. Um, I don't know what that means. And then the markets went absolutely bonkers for the next couple of days. What is going on with the Fed? And like, why is this getting so much press? Yeah, we should say Mitch is one of our great sponsors here. So we have a lot of clients that have connected with Mitch. And we encourage everybody, if you want leverage in a market, in an upcycle market like this, if you go to a big bank, they want to underwrite you. They ask some questions, they'll write you a letter. And those letters don't mean anything. They're called pre-approval letters. What you want to do is you want to make sure that your W-2s, your 1099s, whatever that has been confirmed by a mortgage broker or mortgage lender. Big banks aren't going to do that because that costs them money. Someone like Mitch is going to do that and begin that process because that's the way. That's the way that they garner clients. The other thing, because people ask me all the time, what's the difference between a mortgage guy and a bank? The mortgage guy is going to answer the phone when we need him on a Saturday or on a Sunday when we're putting together a deal. Wells Fargo ain't answering the phone, you guys. Even if you have a million dollars in Wells Fargo, and maybe I do, maybe I don't, you can't get them to answer the phone. Bank of America is not answering the phone. Mitch.loans is answering the phone. That's why he's one of our great sponsors and our great partners. So back to the Fed. What is the Fed? What happened in February? Well, what's interesting about that is actually that the what's interesting about everything that happens with the Fed is it's more about what the market predicts and then what the Fed does that's like that or isn't like what they predicted. It's the same with stocks. You know, when a company comes out and says, this is how much money we made this year, everyone kind of already assumes how much money a company made that year. And so the big change that for the market is, was it what we thought was going to happen? The Fed came out and said something and People weren't ready for it, and the market has changed, and rates are rising, and they're rising fast. And so I'm dealing with clients who had a 2.5% when they got pre-approved, but you don't get to lock in your interest rate until you find a house and get an accepted offer. And so now they're looking and shopping with a 3.5, and that's a totally different mindset. Right. Because you once every 1% change in interest rate is about a 10% change in your buying power. So people who were pre-approved at a million dollars are now, if their financial status, if their job, everything hasn't changed, they're now pre-approved at $900,000. And as houses continue to inflate, that's a big, big difference. Okay, so I'm going to rewind and just because I'm trying to track on this. 
So interest rates were near zero for many years now, it seems like, or quite a few years mm -hmm. uh, from the end of the previous president into the pandemic. Is that correct? Like we had historically low, almost zero interest rates? We had historically low federal interest rates, and those are not necessarily the same as the interest rates you'll get for a home, but they are correlated. And so now the Fed has said, hey... The pandemic, pandemic, we need to raise the interest rates. How much are they predicting or what did they signal to everybody for 2022? That's correct. They're continuing to rise and they say they're going to keep hiking it an eighth to a quarter percent at each meeting moving forward. And that's a big deal. Um, but it's it's what is expected. So basically, the Fed only has so much control over the economy and the economy has been doing well. Mm -hmm. surprisingly well during a pandemic when everyone at the start, if you remember, right. thought all hell was going to break loose and it was going to be really bad. Right. But everything's been going well. And so they have to rise interest rates, raise interest rates, because in the future, if they want to do anything, lowering interest rates is the best way to stimulate the economy. But they can't lower it from zero. Right. So right. they have to build back up during this time where things are going pretty well, at least for the affluent people of our country. So if Don and I do a sit down with someone and they want to be a, a home buyer and then the Fed, they go, oh, I heard this thing on Ron and Don's podcast, the Fed's meeting. Does the next day mean my interest rate goes up? How does that work? So it doesn't necessarily. Like I said, it's about what the market predicts. So our rates are directly tied to the 10-year Treasury bond market. So that bond market, as people pull money out of stocks, for example, on often days when stocks drop a lot, it means that investors are pulling out of the stocks and putting money in bonds, which they think are safer. And when bonds go up, then our rates get better. But it's... Vice versa. If bonds versa, go down and stocks go up, your rate gets worse. Correct. Okay. And so as we're thinking about this, and then I want to highlight, and, and I know Don has some questions as well, I want to highlight this. If So if someone was like, I live in Kirkland, houses are selling around a million dollars or so, and so I'm approved for a million dollars, but now interest rates going up, you're saying that's going to go down 10% for every interest rate point that it goes up. That's correct. So what if now I don't have the cash to put 20% down, but I still want that house and now my buying power is less? That's a good question. So a lot of people don't know this, but you can actually put as little as 3% down, 0% down with VA. You do have to pay something called mortgage insurance, which scares a lot of people. The good news is you can get that kicked off or stop paying it after about two years, typically. And that's because it's based on loan to value of your home, not mm -hmm. loan to purchase price. So as your home value goes up and you keep paying off your loan, your loan amount goes down. And so we found a lot of people, we do this thing about buying power and what you lose if you wait, the cost of waiting. And it turns out that if you put 10% down a year ago, instead of waiting a year and continuing to pay rent, you'd be in a lot better position than if you just saved money and waited Meaning until e you had 20%. Equity wise? equity wise, it's a much better financial deal if you can buy now, especially if you assume appreciation on homes is going to continue to rise. Ron, I thought it was interesting. We were talking to a client yesterday. We were doing a Ron and Don sit down. And this is a client, and, and, and she is a top flight litigator. Uh, she'll make over a million dollars this year. And I don't want to go into, I'm not going to tell you who she is, but she's African-American. And she said, I have never learned how to build wealth. I want to learn how to build wealth. So we're talking about purchasing a home right now. And we're talking about the different assets and, and the leverage that she might have. 
usually, and, and the concern that she has, and it's a concern that we all should have, and, she, and, and it's because she's smart. She, she's like, am I going to buy at the top of the market, and what happens if this thing cycles down? Talk about the chart that you pulled out going all the way back in the Puget Sound, all the way before Microsoft even started, because you kind of looked at the cycles of things going up and down, but they still continue to go up. Why don't you explain that? Yeah, and then Mitch can throw his three cents in on this as well. I went back. It's on our, our newsletter right now. You can find it at com and just click on the Nation News. It's one of the top posts right now. So I looked at I was like, what everyone is telling me, this is crazy. These ha- pr- housing prices are crazy. And I agree on, on some cases. So I went back and I was like, well, what has happened? And the MLS goes back to 2006. Uh, I was able to draw a graph. I said, give me all houses in King County from 2006 to the end of 2021. That's the data they had. And I drew it on a bar graph. And if you take out the subprime housing, the big short, if you take that little four-year period out, it's almost a a straight diagonal line uh, up. And so houses in 2006, the median house in King County was like 377 grand jump forward 15 years, which includes that dip, your house is doubled and it's going to 220%. So I was like, well, can, is there anywhere that it goes back farther than 2006? And so I found uh, a different government sort of stats website and I got it back to 1976. Hmm. So in 1976, the median house in King County was $104,000. And my point in this article was the people then were probably saying, Are you crazy? My parents bought this house in Green Lake for 19 grand. Right. So they were, for them, it was expensive. The people that paid 377 thought it was crazy. The people that paid 650 thought it was crazy. The people right now that are paying a million uh, in Finn Hill think that it's crazy. And while I cannot guarantee that that goes forward forever in this market, you can see when Microsoft came into the market, it just went whoop. Like you can look on the calendar and go, what happened in the, in the mid 80s? Well, a company called Microsoft. What happened in 2012? Oh, the housing bubble. And you see these, what happened when COVID hit? And you see these little bubbles, or these little dips, but it continues to rise. And so Mitch, when we go back to 1976, those, our parents were probably paying what? 15% on their home loan? Right. That's correct. Yeah. It's crazy. And I, th- and I think the point on that, you're always going to, even if you're up or down, you're always going to feel like you paid too much. But give it two years, give it three years, give it five years, give it 10 years, give it 15 years. Time is leverage. And sometimes people forget that. Your time by being, being able to buy something and hold on to it gives you incredible leverage in, into the future. No, it absolutely does. And what Ron was saying with that, Houses in this area have just continued to appreciate year after year. And we met with a lot of people in 2017 or so who were worried, oh, everything's been rising for almost 10 years. Is, are we due for another crash? And, you know, I think people were thinking about the stock market, thinking about all these things. But real estate really has been a traditional path to wealth. Basically, any time if you've held a house for at least seven years, that house is appreciating, especially in a hot area like And your mortgage is going down. And as you said, people thought it was crazy when they were buying homes for 650. Now their home's worth 800. People think it's crazy now that they're a million. But you know what? In San Francisco, everyone thought it was crazy for a million. Now you get a one-bedroom condo for a million dollars. And we have a lot of the same 
area statistics here. We have a demographic that's full of tech people who make a lot of money. We have the same housing constraints with zoning laws. We have water in the way like the Bay Area. And it's just there's a lack of inventory. There's a lot of people ready to buy. And I don't see that changing in the short term. Okay, so you can reach out to Mitch at Mitch.loans. Tell him Ron and Don sent you. And talk about these different products. What if I only have 10% down? What if I have 8% down? Let's talk about that on the other side of this. Hey, it's Ron here with Mitch Weeks from Mitch.loans. He's the official mortgage guy of the Ron and Don Nation. And Mitch, I want to ask you this because I'm sure you get it every day just like we do. People want a crystal ball for the Puget Sound area real estate market. What's going to happen in 2022? When is the right time that I should buy? When is the right time I should sell? All of these questions, I I get why people want to ask them. But from the finance mortgage side, how do you approach that? How do you think about that? Uh, because some of these things are unknowable, but people still want to know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I do sound a little biased, but I trust me, I'm not. Um, the right time to buy is now. Rates are predicted to go up just steadily for the next year or two. They've been pressing them down somewhat artificially, somewhat just due to the economy. But rates are down, and they are not going to stay that way, which means money's cheap. But unfortunately, in this King County area, there's a lot of people getting paid a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So waiting might not be the call. As you wait longer and longer, there's all this tech money coming in. And even if rates go up, there's still going to be able to be people who are able to buy million dollar, two million dollar homes. And there are a lot of them. I work with a lot of couples who both make 150K plus a year, right? And that buys you a lot of house and it will continue to buy a lot of house. So buying now before there's too many of those people is huge. You don't want it to turn into the next San Francisco and have missed out on buying your first home. So in the mortgage community, people are forecasting some rises coming in 2022. What does that mean for the sellers where they're saying, I want to put my house on the market right now and then buy something else? Uh, Again, we can't time the market, but what we can do is say, here's what we're seeing, right? Yeah, what we're seeing is selling's really easy, buying's hard. Okay. Unfortunately, that that may not change. It may change, Um, but in the in the short term, it's a seller's market, and it has continued to be a seller's market. All right, he's Mitch Weeks. He's the official mortgage guy of the Ronadon Nation. You can get him at Mitch.loans. That almost said Mitch.weeks. Mitch.loans is his website. Mitch.loans. Tell him you're with Ron and Don and you save half a percent on that new loan. Mitch, we appreciate it. Uh, the case study today. Yeah. Switch to Mitch. All right, you guys. Welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. Again, licensed brokers at Windermere. If you need us, just reach out. We have the largest social media fund of any realtor in Washington. Uh, we have the biggest podcast of any realtor in Washington, and we're going to use that leverage to help you. And also, we have a heck of a partner. Uh, Ron, there's some things that Mitch can do at Mitch.loans that the big bank can't do for you. And really, when 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 you connect with a mortgage person, and you, you, you probably become, if not with Mitch, with someone, you probably become friends over time. And what I like to do is always have my file up to date so I'm ready to buy. I have that leverage and I'm ready to go. And and that's what a great mortgage broker can do for you. They can do the underwriting sometimes that a bank is not going to do. So Mitch, one thing I wanted to ask you about, because I've run into this during our run and on sit downs, is someone that's like, I wouldn't mind buying a house that's not turnkey, meaning that it needs some renovations, or maybe it's an estate sale and the bathtub's from 1978. But can I do that with a loan? What if What if my kitchen's going to cost me? 50 grand or what if i need a budget for upgrades can i 
Is that something that even exists? It absolutely is. Yeah, we have a huge range now of construction products, and they're as little as 5% down. And those can be FHA, VA, conventional, or jumbo products. And so you can buy a you can buy raw land and plan to build on it, and you only have to put 5% down of the perceived value of what that home is going to be. So cool. you come to them with plans, and you say, we're going to build our dream home. We can't find it out there. Inventory's low. Let's go find a piece of land and build. Or you can, build, you can buy a fixer-upper. And I know you two both invest in real estate sometimes, and it turns out that buying a crappy or less desirable house on a piece of land um, that's in a valuable area can be a better investment than buying the best house on the block. And so we are here to help you do that. You can put 5% down, you buy a house, you can either tear it down or just do a big renovation and you can get a loan for that amount without having equity in the property yet. And so that that's incredible to me. And like, I think that people don't appreciate that. They think, oh my gosh, I, I only have 10% down. I don't have more cash. If I had more cash, maybe I could do this renovation. But now you're saying, that's why we want you to talk to Mitch is, is that that product is available to you. And Don, I didn't even know that. I was still in the old mindset of thinking that I needed to pay cash for, for any upgrades that I made. Like when you and I were talking to Mitch about this, that's something that's attractive to me as someone that's in the real estate. Yeah, and game. some of the big banks aren't going to help you. It's called deferred maintenance. So if they go in and they see there's uh, some deferred maintenance on a house, it's like when you go out and buy a car and someone didn't really maintain it, and there's lots of things wrong, and now you have to go over. Maybe it's an old car, so you got old CV joints, like old Honda or something like that. Well, homes are like that too. People don't always take care of them. They're good homes, but they didn't take great care, so maybe it has some deferred maintenance. You want to make sure with your lender that you disclose that because you may want to take out some cash, and you may want to fix those things because guess what? The house only becomes more valuable in this market, right? It just continues to go up in value as you continue to improve that house into the future. So make sure, whether it's with Mitch or whoever, that you have this discussion and you say, hey, look, I, I have the ability to go in and buy this house, but I'm going to need some help on the renovation. Is there some room in there to take fifty, seventy-five, dollars $100,000 out and do the, do the kitchen or do those bathrooms? Or, or do some of the deferred maintenance here. And again, there, there's some banks out there, mortgage brokers, that won't lend on that because if it's, if it's not a cream puff, they're not interested. So I'm glad to hear that you guys are willing to roll up your sleeves and, and, and get after it with folks. Because sometimes that's the only way they're going to buy a house in an upmarket like this. Maybe there's an issue or a problem. And it's really easy to fix that issue or problem if you have the cash to do so. so. It sure is, yeah. And we know that not everyone has the cash, so that's what we're here for. And I know that people want, I mean, we talk about investing and building wealth, but people also are going to be living in these homes. The best way to build wealth is to live in the home for a while and keep working on it. And so these renovation loans allow people to build exactly the house they want to live in, which it just feels really good. And it's, it's a nice touch for people. All right. We wanted you to meet Mitch because you hear his ads on the show. You can reach him at Mitch.loans. It's not .com. It's .loans. And if you're a Ron Don listener, tell him because you get one half percent back on the value of your loan, correct? You do. Yeah. That's all Ron and Don Nation customers. If you buy with us, 
you're part of the buyer benefit program automatically and you know you get to work with us which is a great team yeah. and you get half a percent back so you can use that to buy down your rate you can use that to save on closing costs whatever that is and that's an average of over three thousand dollars in the king county area so that's real savings yeah real fast that's why a lot of people are switching to mitch you guys and i feel right now like i'm on wls gonna Chicago. make you rich no that's wmaq oh sorry it's gonna make me rich anyway that's the Mortgage Minute with a bitch from Wichita Mortgage. Wow. That's, that's how we say it. You just went smooth jazz. Yeah, almost. I just went smooth jazz. Hey, you guys. Thanks for stopping by the Ron and Don Show. We really appreciate you. This was episode 366. If you want to share it on your social media channels, a lot of people say, guys, how can I help you? This is a referral business. So any referral that you get, family, friend, next door neighbor, we really appreciate that. And thanks for trusting us to be your realtors and your broadcasters and your friends. The other thing that you can do is you can get signed up for the Nation News. Ron, the article he was just talking about, it's in the Nation News this week. You know what I hate, you guys, is when I give my information and then Uber Eats starts just sending shiznit to me like 12 times a day. You got to turn off those notifications. Uh, that drives me nuts when you share your information and then it's overused or it's sold. We reach out to you one time a week. We don't sit there and spam you with house after house. I bought the shirt. Right. I already bought it. Yeah. Stop it. I own the shirt. I'm yeah. wearing the shirt right now. Yeah. And the, Leave me alone. Yeah. In our real estate, we have that tucked into the newsletter. So if you want to see some of the stuff that we're buying, selling, rehabbing, that's tucked in there too. And you can also follow, follow us on social media. He's Ron Upshaw and I'm Don O'Neill. Head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time for episode 367. It'll be here before you know it. All right! On the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back. And keep blowing that trumpet. And we'll see you next time. Only! 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 On the Ron and Don Radio Network.